0: Yeah, you have a car! A car! car. (laughs) And don't forget your
1: coffee! You're the best. I'm fully aware it's not yet Christmas, but the beginning of the holiday season, and we just. that video off the World Wide Web because it just seems so appropriate for today's subject. Raise your hand if you don't have a notebook. Everyone has to have a notebook. Don't fold your arms and pretend you don't know. Raise your hand if you don't have a notebook. I want everyone to have, I see that hand not going up. Raise your hand. The, The ushers will wait for you. Raise your hand if you don't Have a notebook because you'll need one today. We're going to do something a little different today, and you're going to like it. So, meanwhile, turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. Keep your hands up if you need a notebook. We happen to have them. And you get to take it home. The pen is free. How good is this? Come to our church. They give away free pens. You know, the, the, the point of liturgy And every church has liturgy. Some of it's just bad. Some of it's real low. But the point of liturgy is how you involve people in worship. And we're going to involve you a little differently today. Luke 17, verse 11. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And he was going into the village. Ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance. Now, that to us is a fact we needed to know, but to the ancient reader, that was understood because a leper was required to literally call out before they entered into a room that they were unclean. They, they were expected to communicate to everyone else of the danger of associating with them because their leprosy was a threat to the health of others. And on top of that, in Israel, it made them ceremonially unclean. They were not allowed to enter the temple. They were not allowed to worship with God. They were not allowed to bring sacrifices. They were ostracized totally from the community because they were unclean with leprosy. So these ten were demonstrating a respect for the laws and the rules of Judaism as they stood back and waited. They, they were the ultimate of outcasts in a society. There was nothing they could do to ever be made acceptable. They would always be treated as diseased. And these ten boldly come to Jesus, stand at Odysseus, verse 13, and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Now, the reason he said, go so yourselves to the priest is the law provided for if someone was healed from leprosy, they could go to the priest, and the priest could declare that they were clean, and then all of the uh, privileges of worship would be open to them. But they couldn't just go walking in. They had to first go to the priest, and he would make an evaluation and determine that they were healed. Problem was, no one ever got healed from leprosy. It's a horrific disease. You lose feeling, and because of that, in, in daily life, uh, parts of your flesh fall off. It's, it's disfiguring, it's unbelievably painful, and it ostracizes you from all of society. So they call out, Jesus, have mercy, and he says, go to the priest. I don't know about you, but oftentimes in my life, God expects obedience before, he answers my prayer. Now that's not the way I would choose. If he took instructions from me, and I'm fairly clear, the deal would be: Lord, I pray for this. You answer my prayer the way I want, and then you give me what I want, and then out of gratitude, I'm, I'm all over it, unless I forget, because because. That just seems fair, right? But this is a faith. This is about learning to trust God. So oftentimes, we will pray, and he'll say, okay, act as if you believe it. And these ten do, because of Jesus' reputation, they head to the priest, and on the way, they are miraculously healed. This is... First page stuff in the Jerusalem Daily News. Verse 15. One of them, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and he thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Not only had he been a leper, he was a Samaritan. Not only was he a ethnic half-breed, a totally unacceptable in a day when ethnicity was everything. He was a, a, an idolater, a heretic. He was totally unacceptable. And Jesus asked, weren't there ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Implication being the other nine were... Jews. See, this passage wants to make it very, very clear that God's mercy is not earned. God's grace is not earned. It is a gift rooted in His character, not in our actions, that that we could never give God enough to cause Him to owe us something. Verse 18, was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? He said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Isn't it interesting that, that Jesus calls out his faith when the other nine were also healed? I think personally what he's saying is your faith has made you spiritually well because he, he responded to God's grace himself and got something the other nine didn't, the spiritual blessing from God. Isn't this a remarkable description of us as a people? Isn't it self-apparent that we're not real good at being grateful? Isn't it true that as you and I go through our life, we are repeatedly blessed over and over and over again, and then maybe at some point in the day we'll pray and say, Lord, thank you for all your blessings. Now, let me go through my list again, because apparently you forgot a few things. Desmond Tutu said, I had thought that perhaps this gospel story points to a deeper leprosy in the spirit, the leprosy of ingratitude. To be unthankful, to be unappreciative, is in fact to be diseased. To cleanse our spirits of depression, of self-pity, and other forms of spiritual leprosy, we have to be thankful, appreciative persons. I know of nothing apart from the gospel itself more powerful and reshaping the spirit of a human being. Thanksgiving is not merely meant to be words, according to the theological word book of the Bible, but the very mainspring of Christian living, the right motive of all service. Christian obedience is not a method of earning our salvation, that is Pharisaism, but simply the expression of gratitude to God, our one true motive of Christian living. Ephesians 5.20, always give thanks to God for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So today we're going to do that. You're going to take your notebooks, and we're going to start gratitude journals together. Now, some of you have your arms folded or your hands crossed, and you're thinking, I'm not going to do it. And I'm praying fire and brimstone down on your very head right here. I'm praying that God slaps you upside the head and causes you to pull out your notebook, because we're going to take the time to be reminded of all the ways we're blessed. I have found that when I write it down, it has a greater impact, and then I have something to go back to refer to when I'm in the midst of my favorite kind of party, a pity party. Yes, I have them. I work for you. Yes, sometimes I do. Part of the reason we were motivated to do this was the response that we received to the prayer notebooks we've done over the last 30 days. Let me read three comments. Austin Dietrich, who's here, said, I've always struggled with finding joy in my walk with Christ. In the daily prayer journal, and specifically the consistency to pray for others has helped me experience joy and satisfaction in my relationship with Christ that I hadn't experienced in a long time. Isn't that true? Um, Terry Boyd said, I've appreciated the time and effort put into making these books. I love knowing our church is on the same page. It's helped me to focus on truth and mainly realize the need to admit and confess sins that hurt God on a daily basis. Um, Wes Gallagher said, as someone who values structure and organization amidst an incredibly busy life, the prayer journal has given me structure and direction during my morning prayer times. I appreciated the practice of clearing my mind of distractions as I went into prayer. I'm going to keep doing this. So we're going to write a, prayer, a gratitude journal, and you can take it home, and you can keep the pen, and you can keep writing in it. And when you need to be reminded... You have a place to write. So pull out your pen and open your notebook. And the first thing I want you to spend some time considering is gratitude that we live in a place where we can do this. We live in a broken nation. It's had flaws since its very beginning, and it will have flaws as long as humans live in it. And all of us can make a list of all the things wrong, regardless of which party we affiliate with. But the reality is, for us not to be grateful for the Bill of Rights, us not to be grateful for the freedom we have, for us not to be grateful that we live in this country at this time, is absolute sin. And disrespectful for those people who live in parts of the world where they are just hoping to eat or they are afraid of speaking. Take some time to write things about gratitude for our freedoms. the Lord's prayer. Our Lord, in teaching us to pray, taught us to pray, give us today our daily bread. I personally believe that that's a figure of speech for all of the basics of life, food, clothing, and shelter. Bread is just representative of all of that. And and we dare not take that for granted when there are people in our community, much less around the world, who don't have those things. Take some time to write out gratitude for our daily breath. Too much to eat. Too much house. Too many clothes. We live in a society that has made leisure almost our God. We plan our whole life around the hope for leisure. But we were made to be productive and creative. We were made to work. And for those who have experienced unemployment, it can be one of the most difficult times of all of life. Spend some time thanking God for your employment or the whether paid or unpaid, the activities he's given you to fill your life, to be creative, to express yourself. one can certainly argue that our healthcare system needs help it's been in legislation for years now and no hope for the future of it getting perfected but the reality is i'm alive today because of a surgery many of us are alive and healthier than we would have ever been apart from our healthcare system nurses and doctors and other professionals that give their lives to that some of you have been healed miraculously. Spend some time being grateful for God's healing. The easiest thing for me to be grateful is the next one, people. I was born into a credible family of loving parents. I married a woman way over my head. I have daughters who remember me occasionally, grandchildren who still think I'm relatively intelligent, and a church full of friends that I deeply admire. This one may take some time. Write down your gratitude for people the people that have shaped you, the people that have loved you, the people that have sacrificed for you, the people who have made you who you are. The next one's a little harder. Scripture says in everything, in all circumstances, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in all circumstances give thanks. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. One of the greatest ways to experience God's grace is through hardship. The most thankful people I know are never those who have never experienced their hardship. They are always those who have experienced God's grace in the, in the midst of crushing hardship. Let me read you a note from Lauren Hickerson. I'm not even sure where to begin, but I have lots to be thankful for, and the church has played a big part of that. Going through this divorce and watching our life as we knew it fall apart has been the most painful thing we've ever been through. I've cried more and questioned things more this past year than at any other time of my life. And this is what I've found. God is who he says he is. He has sustained me. He has sustained my kids. He is enough. He never promised me we won't have suffering. In fact, he promises we will, but he has met me in my suffering. He has confronted me with truth and promises and his own character. My prayer life is honest and loud and full of every emotion, and he can handle it. Sometimes my prayers are nothing but tears and silence. And he meets me then too. He's gone before me and provided wise counsel and listening ears, finances, job opportunities, friendship, family, neighbors, school, and church community that constantly checks in to see how we're doing. The body of Christ is beautiful. We've had meals brought, been called, emailed, texted, and had prayer cards sent from the elders. We've not been forgotten, and we are thankful. We are most thankful for prayer because we know it's used by God to put things in motion. There isn't anything I'm more thankful for than God's own presence and the prayers of his people. We're still struggling, and I imagine we will be, at least emotionally, for a long time. But we know that he is fighting for us. Our pain will not be wasted. He is working even this for our good and his glory. And these aren't just words to me anymore. I know they're true, and I cling to them on days that are hard and full of doubt. Thank you for your prayers, for playing a big role in helping us navigate this painful and certain road. We love you, and we love Grace Bible. Thank God for your hardships. Thank God that he uses them. Thank God that we see his grace when we hurt. Thank God for the body of Christ. This from the Urdu Hindi worship congregation here at Grace. Our first language is always stay close to our heart and establish the ground for all our verbal communications. When my family came to DTS, we soon felt this insatiable desire to worship the Lord in the language in which we first learned to worship Him. God led us to start an Urdu-Hindi worship group in 2004, and last year we just required to request churches to let us share some of their space where we might come together to worship. Being a part of Grace for four years, I requested Grace, and the elder board cheerfully accepted the request with the unforgettable words. When this building was constructed, it was dedicated to God's worship. If you want to do the same, we have no reason to say no to that. Thank you for your gracious heart, the Grace Urdu-Hindi Bible Church. Thank God for the church in your life, the body of Christ, here and around the world. We have a remarkable mission as a church, and that's to share the riches of God's grace to an impoverished world. What an incredible blessing. One of the things I'm aware of with a church like Grace is those who have gone before us, who've prepared the way and served so well. Some of them are still here. John Sherrick wrote, Among the many things I'm thankful for it is that God has given me the ability to continue teaching kids in our Sunday school, even at the age of 85. I know my body is aging, and I won't be able to continue teaching much longer, but I enjoy each Sunday with the kids. One of the highlights of my week, the kids help to keep me young in spirit, and I can still help them learn about God and how He can bless them and guide them for the rest of their lives. Thank God for those who serve in the body of Christ those who have gone before us. Psalm 19 says, The heavens declare... The glory of God and the skies show his handiwork, day and day utter speech, but there is no speech and no language where his voice is not heard. Thank God for the beauty around us in creation, in the arts, in people, the celebration of his beautiful character and what he made. Thanks, uh, last and certainly not least. Thank God for our salvation. If you don't know Jesus today, if you've not embraced the forgiveness of sins and eternal life, that He, relationship with the Father that he offers through his death on the cross and resurrection from the dead, make this a good day. Consider him. Trust him. Paul says in Colossians 1.12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of His Son He loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Thank God for your salvation. Psalm 117 says, Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples. For great is his love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Please pray with me. Father, we thank you. We thank you that your abundance, the abundance of your grace and your mercies is always present. We thank you that Were we to spend 24 hours a day thanking you, we would never exhaust all that you've done. We thank you that you care not because of what we are, but because of who you are. Forgive us for our ingratitude. Make this a week of thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. Oh, my soul, praise Him, for He is thy health and salvation. All ye who hear, now to A reading of gratitude from Rex Ronnie. I am thankful that Jesus saved me and changed my heart, and I'm thankful for the results. A call to pastor, a trying seminary experience, a beautiful and godly wife, and two children, all from him. A reading of gratitude from Tommy Jerkovic. I'm thankful to God for providing a new car for us as a family of five. Our car broke down in Germany just before we traveled back on furlough to the States in the summer. God provided the funds and helped us find a new, very affordable family vehicle just in time, soon after we got back home from Germany. Praise the Lord. Praise to the Lord, Lord. of gratitude from the Craig Leslie family, GBS Body of Christ kicked it into high gear with love and support not only this year, but since 2006, when our son Carson was diagnosed with brain cancer. We were relatively newbies at GBC, attending for just barely a year, which is hardly any time at all by GBC standards. Nonetheless, we were fully embraced by those who had attended Grace for multi-generations, receiving meals, notes, calls, coffee, chocolate, books, trips, lunches. Then Mary Jane Turner, along with a gigantic team, hosted a garage sale that raised, almost to the penny, funds to pay additional expenses incurred beyond what was owed by insurance. Honestly, we had never received love quite like that before. We embraced each bright spot that was offered in those dark days of Carson's three-plus years of of a valiant battle with brain cancer. Andy Wyman and Carson became his as thieves. Andy showed up at the hospital when we didn't even know quite to understand the gravity of his diagnosis. And most importantly, Andy would clear his calendar when Carson called with questions about life and death and faith and why. Pastor Andy never ever offered slick answers simply a listening ear to a young boy struggling with some really big questions. Carson also found great comfort from the elders, placing their hands on him and praying in our home or in the GBC library. Carson wrote in part, thanks to the elders and membership of Grace Bible Church and the unwavering support of Andy Wildman, your straightforward demeanor has been refreshing for me and my family. Randy Miller, your smile always brings warmth to my soul. When Carson died, Andy showed up at the hospital, this time at 3 a.m. Then it was all hands on deck for his funeral, when a whole lot of people showed up to celebrate his young life well-lived, even though I kept telling Andy it's a Monday after a holiday weekend. People will be out of town. We're not expecting a big crowd, Andy didn't listen to me. It's been a little over eight years since Carson stepped into paradise, but the wound of his slow, painful death is taking time to heal. The body of Christ at Grace Bible Church has been unrelenting in love and grace, and our hearts are getting really strong again. We're thankful. The body of Christ at GBC. Praise to the Lord who doth prosper thy work and defend thee. of gratitude from Greg Brown. Kathy and I are thankful God has answered our prayers to have a grandchild in our lives. Our daughter, Crystal, and her husband, Zach, fostered Natalie over a year ago. They've since gained permanent custody. Four-year-old Natalie has won our hearts, and our loving Lord has graced our family with the ability to protect and shape her soul. Prayer is answered, and glory to God. A reading of gratitude from Freya Ostring. I am thankful to God and this church. God has used this church repeatedly over this past year to strengthen me, lift me up, and comfort me. In May of this year, my husband and I struggled through a miscarriage. I'm grateful that through that experience, God began teaching me about himself as well as myself. I'm still learning from that experience. I'm also thankful for God placing this church in my life at the right moment. The young adult ladies Bible study started to study on suffering the week or two before the miscarriage. Grace was a place I was able to open and be comforted by God and his mercy. God is so good. Grace Bible Church, would you stand? Let's sing this last verse out loud to the King of Kings. Praise you, God. The-